Hi, I'm Quinn, and I like the tablet because of the fat. Welcome to the NZ or the Tablet Podcast. Thank you for that, Quinn, and indeed, welcome to the NZ All That's Tesla podcast. Greg pre-ordered two Model 3s at the moment it was possible to do so. He was the first owner in my area to get one, and he's been supportive of promoting EV uptake in the South Canterbury, North Otago area. He recently discovered the podcast, joined the increasing number of financial supporters, and offered to catch up the next time he was passing through Timaru. And that visit so happened to be today. Alright, so I'm here with uh, Greg Nikoloff, and Greg, you're one of our South Canterbury local champions. Um, tell us uh, you know, a little bit about where you're based and uh, what you do. Uh, yeah, I'm an IT consultant. Uh, I have my own business, and I'm based in Omaru, which is about 80 kilometres south of where we are in Timaru. Today I've driven up to see my brother in Ashburton, and I'm, I'm heading back south, and it's about 160 kilometres each way. So we moved to Omaru about five years ago, um, almost exactly five years ago. We lived in Auckland for a large number of years. Um, I moved to Auckland about 1982 from Christchurch, where I was um, born and grew up. And um, yeah, basically my wife and I, um, we got fed up with Auckland, the traffic the situation there about 2015. So I suggested to my wife that we move south and we had a good look. And basically um, Omaru ticked all the boxes that of the places, things we were looking for. Um, yeah, so we quite enjoyed it, and it's it's great. And it's um, it's a three-hour drive from Omaru to Christchurch, but on a Tesla, it's no problem. Yeah, it's quite a pleasant trip too. You know, the uh, road from Omaru to uh, Timaru is quite pleasant compared with the Northwoods one. <laughs> yes, well, the passing lanes in Timaru North are really good, so uh, you don't get held up by too many trucks. Um, between Omaru and Timaru, there's only about two passing lanes, which is a problem. Great. Alright, so what's your history with electric vehicles, um, Greg? Well, the very first electric vehicle I saw, it was about, uh, I'd actually checked the dates, and we think it was 1976, at my high school in Christchurch, um, where we get, we have, were visited by an electric vehicle as part of, um, I think, um, some sort of promotion about um, um, just getting um, people in Christchurch enthusiastic about electric vehicles. Um, and I believe from looking at it, it was a very boxy um, British car, and I believe it was what's called an Enfield 8, 8000, of which there was a car that was made and assembled in the Isle of Wight by a Greek shipping magnet, believe it or not. Um, there's a good, quite a good Wikipedia page on on the, the vehicle. But basically, it was a two-seater car. It could go about um, 30 miles of range, which is 50 kilometres, at about 50 kilometres an hour, um, and it could recharge overnight um in about eight hours um, from, a, from a standard three-pin plug. So it was a pretty average-looking car, actually. It wasn't, wasn't not that great attractive. But apparently for, for its time, it was quite a sporty little vehicle. Um, but that it was um, basically a solution looking for a problem. And I think the reason why they were targeting Christchurch was because of the um, ongoing um, smog and um, pollution problems from coal fires that people use for, for, for heating their homes. And therefore, I think electric vehicles were seen as a, a potential solution for that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that was the very first one I saw, but it wasn't much to write home about. 
and then the the next um, electric vehicle I ever saw after that was um, was the um, Tesla Rosa, which I, I read a little bit about. I remember seeing a picture of Elon Musk in a yellow one, I think. Um, and I thought that's a, a pretty cool car, but basing it on a Lotus Elise platform was probably a mistake. And I think Musk has admitted in hindsight that it was. Um, he said it would have been, like you said, it would have been cheaper to build a new chassis from scratch than trying to re reconvert that one, which reinforces the issue that an electric vehicle needs to be built from the ground up. Mm. And that little Enfield 8000 that we saw in 1975, 76, that was um, actually built up from the ground up. It was assembled with bits and pieces from other cars, like I think it had uh, doors from mini, uh, a mini car and things like that. But it was um, built from the ground up to be a battery electric vehicle. Um, and apparently, um, I've seen a Blue Peter um, article about it, and apparently it was quite a good car to drive for the time. It was quite peppy. It could do about... Um, get up to 30 miles an hour 50 k's in about 12 seconds so <laughs> for its for a time compared to petrol engines it's pretty good so that's 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 it, the electric vehicles um i after the roadster um i actually figured that tesla was going to go broke because they had problems with they originally put a two-speed gearbox in the car and they ran into problems with it and it got so bad that basically they were shipping vehicles um, without the two-speed gearbox and they promised to fix it up. Now that's, things like that are always a sign of a startup business that's in real trouble. And so I figured that they probably wouldn't make it past 2010, but they did, by the skin of their teeth as it turns out. Um, and they went on and released the Model S and I, I quite liked the details I read about the Model S, it was quite a nice car, but to me it always struck me as a bit of a boat. It's a big thing that kind of wallows around the, around the road. Now. Um, in 2019, not long after I got this car, which is the Model 3 Performance, I had to have it um, a couple of things serviced in Christchurch when I was up there, and they loaned me a Model S loaner, a white one, a brand new one, and I drove it, and it reinforced my belief that the white Model S is a great car, but on sort of New Zealand roads, it can be a bit of a boat. Mm -hmm. It feels like that. So, um, whereas the, the, um, the, the Model 3 is more like a canoe, it's pretty agile and moves around quite, quite well. Um, probably because I was spoiled by that stage by having driven my Model 3. So yeah, that, that's really it from uh, from the vehicles. Um, um, Model X, the only one I've ever seen is your one. So okay. and and yeah, I've been in your one because we've had a driver and driver in in Christchurch a couple of years back. So that's it for elec electric vehicles. Um, I did in about 2007 um, rent a um, Toyota Prius Generation Two, basically because I wanted to sort of get a feel for what that what was so good about the car and there was really nothing that I liked about it very much. It was pretty much an average sort of car but I drove it for a weekend and got, got a real good feel of it it was great. So you know from doing that and basically the cost of the rental was a couple hundred dollars cheaper than buying the car and then realising it's not, not for you. So Absolutely I think it's probably a misconception for a lot of people who think that electric vehicles are just like driving a Prius but Oh yeah, well the biggest complaint with the Prius seemed to be that the steering was disconnected from the road so that people don't get the road feel. Um, and I must admit that that is a problem with it, with the vehicles like like a Prius. Mm. And you've uh, since bought a uh, second Model 3 as well? Yes, well in actual fact um, the red one that we're sitting in is actually the second one that we took possession of because the, um, back in 2016 when, when they... Um, announced the model pre-announced the model 3 um release they were going to have in terms of the um you know the big reveal 
and that was the end of March in 2016. Um, basically at that point um, New Zealand was not included in the countries that could order it but late in the piece we got added to it so I decided well put a couple of reservations in. I figured two because you know maybe my wife might want one um, and I thought well having a second one because it could be in quite short supply for a while because it was going to take a while to, to get them built in a right hand drive uh, model because we were last in the list according to Musk. So I thought I'd order two of them, I could always cancel one if we didn't need it. And so yeah, I ordered a reserve pre-reveal. Um, I didn't get anything from Tesla for that at the end of it. They must did promise that we would get something special, but we got, got nothing mm -hmm. in the end. Mm -hmm. But the white Model 3 SR Plus, which uh, we, my wife actually ordered first, as soon as the reservations opened here, instead of being able to order, she jumped in and ordered it. Um, and then I hemmed and hard on my one because I really wanted a tow bar in my car and they were they were available in the UK but not here and I sort of hung on for about a month thinking they might become available but in the end I gave in and, and put an order in for this and so uh, the white SR Plus got delivered in early August one of the first few delivered in the country yeah, Which and year was it? 2019 so, so yeah the early delivery started in 2019 August mm -hmm. for, for the early orderers um, and um, our one, uh, my wife's one, turned up here in Omaru on the back of a truck um, about the 5th of August. Um, and then there was actually another Model 3 on the same truck that was heading down to be delivered to um, another Tesla owner in, in uh, Dunedin. Right. So in those two years of ownership uh, with the Model 3, have you had any uh, problems or issues that... Well, no, initially I said I didn't have a lot of problems, but I'll tell you the one thing that, that has, have had a lot of problems with is, this, is the headlights. Um, the headlights are, were misadjusted on both cars from the factory, and I've actually taken um, this red one here to Tesla and actually had the headlights adjusted last year. And then again on my drive up to Ashburton this morning, I was getting flashed every second, every second truck was flashing their lights on me, which always means the headlights are misadjusted again. So I had to pull off the road and uh, re-level the, re the headlights when they did actually adjust themselves down. But, um, yeah, and both cars have got the problem. Mm -hmm. So they both, you know, have to be manually adjusted. And I know there is a procedure you can follow, but um, it's just annoying that, A, even when it's done right, it goes wrong again. So there is obviously mm. something here with, with, with the headlights. But other than that, um, my wife's car had low brake fluid problem. Mm -hmm. um, and that turned out to be that the brake fluid was genuinely low in the factory but boy the number of the Christmas tree lights that came up on the dashboard of the car saying you know it, it was just saying like um, brake, brake fluid low this and that the traction problem da 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 car might not do this might not do that and yes so uh, it, it can look quite sort of intimidating if you don't sort of figure it's all coming from the same root problem and the Tesla service guy here just said just go get some DOT um, non-synthetic um, compatible fluid and poured it in, topped it up and it's never had a problem since. Right. So, so, that's so that's it. That's really the, the two things that have... Good. And quite a few miles um, on it. Uh, what's what's one of your, f you know, some of your favourite trips and destinations you've done, Greg? Um, well, the performance has had 26,000 uh, miles on it. Okay, sorry. I'm still I'm sort of <laughs> pre-metric, so I've got it. Um, the um, yeah the the trips we've done um, we've go up the Waitaki Valley quite a bit because it's near Omaru and it's about an hour up the road to to the Benmore Dam which is always interesting to look at. Mm. Um, we sort of joke that we're taking the car to see where its fuel comes from. <laughs> 
um, so do that. Um, we've made a few trips to Timaru because a couple of years ago the um, picture theatre in Omaru closed down because the owner, uh, owner um, nearly worked herself to death literally and so um, they closed the picture theatre at that point so we've been without one for two years but it's open the new one opens tomorrow oh good yeah okay yeah, yeah. state-of-the-art two-seat cinema so that that's fantastic that we're going to have that so we won't be coming to Timaru so much sorry Martin oh yeah <laughs> um and other trips we've done basically one of the, the favorite trips we do is actually we just head down the road for about half an hour to Hampton which is the little seaside town on the way south and they have a really good fish and chip ship there called Lockies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's now called Ham- used to be called Lockies, it's now called Hampton Takeaways. Mm-hmm. Buy buy some blue cotton chips and go down at the beach and sit there and have that. So yeah, so that just that's like having fish and chips at the beach is great. Absolutely. And Hampton in the early days won the award for I think the most EV friendly town. Uh, I think it was when the f- um, the first time that award award was offered. I think Hampton won it and. Um, and they've got a uh, community EV there as well as one of uh, the first EV charges along with Amaru for the Waitaki district, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. So Hampton have a very good community um, EV scheme where basically I think it's like a hundred dollars a year to join, and then you basically can um, book the car, book the little community leaf, and, and drive it around. And we see that that leaf all around the district, so people mm. people do actually um, use it. So, you know, like if they need to come to Amaru for shopping or something mm. like that. Mm. So, yes, it is a very popular little thing. Um, yeah. yeah, and so yeah, Hampton is uh, EV friendly very much. So, yeah, no, that's great. Um, I notice uh, also in your area, so the EV charges, the uh, the fast charges by Waitaki, the ABB charges, um, they used to be free, um, and they're now charging the same rate as all the other charge net charges around the place. How how do you feel about that? Well, they did. Um, the network Waitaki is the local lines company, and and. Um, oh, that serves the Waitaki Valley and the Waitaki District, um, and they were um, their community-owned trust. So, um, and I've been to the trust um, annual general meeting several for many years, and the question about the EV charges has come up. And they've always said, when I've asked them, they've said that the the cost of the electricity that those charges were using was minimal compared to the, their overall electricity. So, you know, effectively, it was, a, it was a rounding error. So, it is a bit annoying that suddenly they've decided to start charging for them. Um, I heard the reason why they did that is they wanted to put in a second charger and, and they wanted to, um, and basically they didn't have the money to buy two so they, they obviously charged net and made them an offer they couldn't refuse. Um, so from that point of view, on the other hand, um, I do know that there were a few people that live in Omaru in the districts who are actually running their houses um, um, from, the, from the leaf, they were driving their leaf down to the charger, topping it up for free and, and then um, basically using an inverter in their in their leaf at night to run their house off, um, you know, mm. for lighting and stuff. And so effectively they were, uh, I wouldn't say mooching, but they were they were kind of like abusing the system slightly. Mm. And I think um, the Lions Company was a bit worried that that sort of thing might be going on. Um, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's a, you know, like in the particular case I do know, the guy was actually building a house, so he didn't have the power connected yet. So he didn't really have... Um, the other way to get the lighting at night so it's kind of a fair a fair trade-off but on the other hand but basically other than I haven't used that charger for a number of years because I charge at home all the time oh now look um, you mentioned earlier you're now part of the Starlink program as well how's that going yes well I I signed up to be a beta tester 
quite a while ago now and basically nothing sort of happened and, that, and we all know that if we dealt with um, Tesla and, and stuff like that that signing up for things and hearing nothing is pretty much the norm um, so, in the end, so in the end um, they opened up then I heard an announcement they were opening up the beta for this part of the world so I um, log, created a Starlink portal uh, log on and went in there and ex re-expressed my interest and then suddenly they said oh great you're selected for the beta program please enter your credit card number here and we'll send you everything you need so that's what they did. About a week later, um, all the bits turned up. So I got the big Starlink dish that came all... Which there are plenty of unboxing videos on the internet, so I don't need to make one. Um, but yes, I just plugged it in, turned it on, and it just works. Um, it does have gaps in the coverage. Um, there are down, genuine downtime where there's no satellite coverage. Um, and also, I do have some trees, because they haven't put the Starlink dish in the, in the final position yet. Mm -hmm. But um, when I get my garage built, it will be mounted um, on a proper, proper sturdy pole um, and it will work perfectly fine. The speed that I'm getting is about 230 uh, megabits a second down and about 40 megabits a second up. Wow. And I have had, I've had over, have had over 300 megabits a second on some testing. I do most of my use, I just use my cell phone and Android phone and just hook up to it. Um, and you do need a really fast Wi-Fi capable Android phone to actually make, do a proper speed test because mm -hmm. uh, the speed test they use is fast, the fast.com one and um, my old Android phone, the, um, the Wi-Fi is just not fast enough in the actual hand, handset to actually max it out. Mm -hmm. But I've got a new um, Galaxy S21 and that, that can easily max it out, which is mm -hmm. great. We, you know, we're moving out a wee way and there is no ADSL where we are but uh, there's certainly a good view of the sky so I'll uh, probably try and sign up myself. Yes, as long as it, it's actually quite surprising the dish the dish itself um, you can mount it off um, vertical it's not critical because the dish will self-orient um, and it does tolerate um, some degree of um, um, you know trees and things blocking it, it doesn't like it but it, it will work um, and I'm quite surprised just how sort of um, okay it's worked with our place given it's not in its final place it's basically sitting on the ground with a cabbage tree next to it and some other bits and the, and the roof of the house a few uh, about 10-15 uh, meters away um, and it, it's still getting quite a good view of the sky yeah absolutely wonderful and that's that's in the just under 200 a month for unlimited isn't it it's um, 179 um, yeah a month I don't know sure it's including GST or not I think it is because it's yeah. um charged to me by Tesla um, Starlink is in New Zealand so it actually comes on my credit card through a New Zealand account so. Good on you. and uh, Powerwall's your next investment is that right? Well I've actually, I actually started the process of getting a Powerwall including the, the electrical guy from um, the local Tesla Powerwall installer which was, um, came out here to actually um, and, and he scoped up what I needed and worked out where they're going to put their gateway device and all that kind of stuff and then just before I, I um, signed the dotted line with them and pushed ahead with it, I said to them, look, I'm, I'm about to start building my garage um, and therefore I'd like to put it on hold. And they said, yeah, sure. Um, but, but that was two years ago and I haven't got, I'm still waiting, still working on getting the garage built. It's actually underway right now. So by the end of the year, I should have the power all in place. So the only question I have is do I need one or two? But one, one for now. Greg, look, thank you very much for your time. I see the charging is complete now, so Timur is back up to a pretty decent speed, and uh, we're probably about done, and I'll let you uh, carry on your merry way. That's all right. How much did I get charged for that? Ooh, uh, it says $0 there at the moment, but 
They, they won't. won't they won't last. Good on you. Awesome. Hey, great to talk, Greg. Yeah, no, no problem, man. Well, best of luck and um, yeah, keep up the podcast. It's great. Yeah. Well, thank you, Greg. We certainly do hope to keep up the podcast, but it is only through the help of supporters such as yourself, both offering an interview and also contributing a small amount each month through patreon.com slash allthatstesla that keeps us on our feet. Greg has been an avid supporter of events around my region, turning up in the strangest of places to promote EVs and taking part in the road trips. Like all the owners who contribute to the podcast, his referral code is available in the episode notes if you're considering a Tesla yourself. It's great to be part of an increasing number of EV converts. If you haven't heard of the EV wave, it's the big grin accompanied by the obvious hand movement, or hands in the case of my family, across the windscreen. Be sure to share it when you recognise and pass by another EV. So until next time, share the EV wave, and welcome the increasing number of people sharing in the EV revolution.